0: Well, welcome, church family. We are grateful that you've joined us today online, and this is a special day. We devote a couple times a year to a concert of prayer and praise. Why do we do this? Because it's important for us to remember, to remember our great God and to give him praise. And that's what we're going to do today. We invite you to join us as our kids lead us in.
1: Stronger than I am him with
2: Right, our God is worthy. Psalm 96 says, Sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord and praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. Splendor and majesty are before him, strength and glory are in His sanctuary. Let's praise Him. Reaching out to welcome you, God. Fill this place again with your song. Flood our thoughts with wonder and awe. Give us a grace the never-changing God. And all we want. It's all. A greater glimpse of a never changing God. Talk
0: Each day of the week, you worship. It's not just on Sundays when you go to church. And it's not just Christians that worship. And it's not just God that is worshiped. Our hearts are longing at all times for meaning, for beauty, for joy, for peace. And we search in so many places. And we regularly awaken each day unconscious of the fact that our actions tell volumes about what we worship, what we actually value. We place high value on so many things, and many of those things are good, like relationships, jobs, and being wise, being good citizens. We love health. Some of us love nature. and We place high value on some of these, higher than others. But worship for Christians That seems like it's too much to say that we worship those things. But it's not too big a word. Because until we fully give ourselves to God, until we fully see that he is supreme above all things and he deserves all devotion and all praise, it's not that we resort to worshiping nothing. It's that we will worship just about anything. We worship the vapors, the shadow glories, all the things that should point us to a faithful Savior. He alone can satisfy. All other things wear out in our lives, our bodies, our jobs, our cars, none of those things that often consume us ultimately satisfy us. Our hearts cry out for more. Scripture says in Proverbs 27 20, Sheol and Abaddon are never satisfied, neither are the eyes of man. But why is this? Because eternity has been placed in your heart. Being formed in the image of God, that makes you a worshiper. You were designed to find the highest good and the ultimate satisfaction in knowing him Learning to love him, obeying him, and in doing those things, you find satisfaction in him. Hear the warning that God gave his people in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 through 15. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, take care, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. We must be people that do not forget that it is only in God that we are satisfied. Only in him is he worthy of our worship and our devotion. And only in him will we find full satisfaction.
2: brand new every morning so where else would I go go you meet me with mercy brand new every morning so where else would I go where else would I go where else would I go go? show me what I can't see only you can change me so where else would I go Where else would I go? Where else would I go? Where else would I go?
3: Hear the word of God from John chapter 6 and verse 68. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are are the Holy One of God. That's Simon Peter answering Jesus Christ's question to him, which was just in the preceding verses when he said, do you want to go away as well? You see, that chapter starts out with thousands of people who are listening to Jesus teach and watching him do miracles and benefiting from it. Jesus fed thousands of people. Not long after, they, they watched him walk on water But then Jesus starts to speak truth, and the truth that he speaks is hard. And just as so often happens, as the truth is spoken, many of the crowds start to dwindle and dwindle, and people start to go away. And we're left in John chapter 6, towards the end of that chapter, with 12 people plus Jesus. And so Jesus looks at them and says, do you want to go away as well? And Peter says, where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have been convinced that you are the Holy One of God. And right there, the Apostle Peter says what every true Christian knows, loves, and believes. That there is nowhere else we can go. That there is no one else that we can go to to hear the very truth that we need. The very words of God. We're reminded in John 14 and verse 6 that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We go to Christ the Word for the truth that we need. And elsewhere in the Scriptures, we read this in Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, Piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And here we're reminded that none of us are hidden from the word of God. None of us are hidden from the sight of God, but even God's very word can speak to all of us, because none of us can hide from the truth that is contained therein. None of us are hidden, all are exposed. The Word of God speaks to us, meets us where we are, discerns our thoughts, discerns our motives, is able to tell us more about ourselves than anyone else. And you know why that's true? Because of what we read in verse 12 For the Word of God is living and active. And so I want to ask you this question. Do you believe that when you hold a Bible, when you pull it up on your phone, when you are looking at the Word of God, that you are holding the very living and active Word of God? Because, friends, that is what motivates me to read God's Word. How much of it? All of it. Not just because it's a great book. Not just because it contains wisdom that is unmatched by any other. No, no, no. That Christ the Word meets me in his Word. As I open it up and read from it, it is living and active. Able to meet me where I am. Able to encourage, to comfort, to change me and to make me the man of God that God calls me to be. And so when we hear from God through his word, we're excited not just because reading is good and we found another great book. No, no, the word of God is living and active and able to change our hearts and our minds for his glory and our good. (laughs)
1: only Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to His. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing, all is mine, yet not I, but through Christ in me. my side, the Savior, he will stay. I labor up in weakness and rejoicing, for in my need his power is displayed. To this I hope my shepherd will defend me. To the I shall overcome, yet not I, but through Christ
2: in me. No fate I dread.
1: No fate I dread. I know I am forgiven. The future's sure. Price it has been paid for Jesus' faith and suffered for. Day by day, I know he will renew me until I stand with joy before the throne. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus, all the glory. But through Christ in me.
4: The song you just heard, yet not I, but through Christ in me, is simple yet powerful for the believer, for those who are living the Christian life. And church, at this time, I want to direct our hearts and our minds to one of God's great promises throughout the whole Bible: the promise that He is with us. Always. Jesus, in his final hours here on earth, secured an upper room in which he can have a meal with his closest friends. Friends that he called by name and asked them personally to follow him, to trust him, and to learn from him. It's these friends who saw the miracles of God perform right before their very eyes Yet they never fully grasped the true miracle, God in the flesh, looking at them face to face. These disciples, also the closest friends, they walked with him, they fished with him, they sailed with him. They learned about the secrets to the kingdom of God and what it was like to have an unhindered, unbroken relationship between a father and a son, between God and man. And on this final night, Jesus says something so absurd, so bizarre, that if I was in the disciples' uh, place, I can imagine that my jaw would drop, my heart would sink at Jesus' words. It's found in John sixteen seven. It says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I do go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And the question that we all have is, why was it to their advantage that Jesus will leave? And think about this. Put yourself in the disciples' shoes. The only thing that could be better for the disciples than having Jesus with you, besides you, conversing with you, eating with you, is for Jesus to be within you. Wherever you go, whatever you do, Jesus lives within you. And guys, see, this was God's plan all along, from the beginning of creation, that God would dwell with his people. And we know that sin marred, distorted, it separated us from a holy and just God. But Jesus, through his death and resurrection, he satisfied sin's payment, he paid it in full. He satisfied the wrath of God, and he made the only way possible for us to be in relationship with him. But it doesn't stop there. Scripture tells us that he made us, the believers, those who put their faith in him, that we are now living temples in which God himself, the Holy Spirit, dwells within us. Paul uses this phrase, in Christ, over 160 times. And it literally means that you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And so church, it is to your advantage that Jesus did not stay here on earth, but that he left and he died on the cross and he rose on the third day. And he's reigning and ruling because that's what kings do. Giving us the Holy Spirit that dwells in the children of God. That's not limited to a body. But is with the people of God. He is with us always. Let's take some time and thank our great God that he is with us wherever we go and whatever we do and that he can meet all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we know that you're good and you're gracious and that you're with us always, Lord. That even when we're faithless, you remain faithful for you cannot deny yourself. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be men and women filled with the Holy Spirit, that we would know you, that we would talk with you, that we would be dependent on you fully, that we would be led by you. Because in Romans 8, it says those who uh, are the children of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God. And so Father, um, use us to be your hands and feet, to spread the message of reconciliation uh, and to be a light in this dark world. Thank you for your presence and thank you that you, you will never leave us nor forsake us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. At this time, you're gonna hear testimonies of people from our church about how God has been with them through these difficult and troubling times.
5: So this has been a tough season for us all and in our family, it's uh, no different. Um, I've got to see God's faithfulness uh, up close in this season. So on Friday, April 3rd, I was uh, laid off from my job um, and I didn't know what to do. I uh, God just was there the whole time though. Um, but on Monday, April 6th, I actually landed a full-time remote position so the last uh, three months I've just got to see God provide for our family Um, this job came out of nowhere Um, I was unemployed for exactly one business day basically so it's still tough Uh, this job is temporary definitely not something I'm gonna you know do for long term but Um, I don't know exactly what the future holds, but I do know that God is faithful. And this is just another example of uh, how he provided for us. And I'll definitely look back at this time and and realize that the trials are going to make me stronger in my faith. And um, yeah, the Lord is sovereign.
6: What has helped me through the last few months? would be reading God's word every morning. I would read it in journal. Uh, I listened to good sermons every morning. I would listen to encouraging scripture and good preaching. Um, good friends. I continued run with my running partner, Deb Herrick, and I started meeting one day a week with Linda Marksbury for a summer Bible study, which I really wanted to talk how God was using his word to encourage and change me. So that's my 32nd take.
7: I just wanted to share with you guys how God has brought about spiritual growth in my life for the past several months. So about three months ago, uh, God showed me that the way I was living was not for Him, and that if I continued living the way I was, I would spend eternity in hell. So about three months ago at work, I confessed to Him, asking Him to fill the void in my life of all these idols that I was filling um, the void with in my life. And a Bible verse that's really helped me fight against these idols is Matthew five thirty, which says if your right hand causes you to sin cut it off and throw it away for it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body going to hell I've been using this verse to fight against these idols um and just fight uh, against the temptation that would cause me to want to fall to these idols and the peace that I've been feeling uh ever since then that has come from God is amazing and I just wanted to share this great news with you guys
6: Um, I work outside the home, so um, when the coronavirus started um, over here, then we needed to now work from home and raise our kids and take care of our home and um, parents and all the things all at once. And so um, that revealed in my heart really frustration that I had not known before, because I feel like I could hide in certain ways and um, not be under such pressure to reveal what was going on in my heart. Um, So a lot of times that came out when the attitudes of our sweet children weren't exactly um, where they needed to be or where I wish they would be. Um, And that for me um, was the most telltale sign that I had idols in my heart. And Um, So through this process, I feel like it was very clear to see the Spirit work in moments of frustration um, and it would just tell me to stop when I would feel so out of control. Um, God's Word, in His Word, He promises I will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me because He trusts in me. And so um, it was clear to me that peace was a choice and I could choose to have peace if I was choosing to put my trust even in the most difficult moments um, in Jesus. And so through that, um, we also had an, we were sure we had exposure to someone who had tested positive for the virus as well. And um, through all that uncertainty, it was just great to know that God promises peace and whatever the outcome was, I could choose to have peace if I chose to trust in him.
1: Jesus came in selfless love, paid my ransom with his blood, secured my home with him above, single sick. this love paid my ransom with his blood secured my home with him alone sing oh say on sing He is the answer for despair To bear, He offers hope beyond compare, and so I, Jesus came. Jesus came in selfless love, paid my ransom with His blood, secured my home with Him above. Sing, oh sin Let this out
0: As we prepare to take communion today, let us be reminded that we are between the already and the not yet. And when the present seems chaotic, your heart need not be. But the question begs, how do you keep your heart calm? Well, there's two small things that all of us can do that pay huge dividends. First, we must remember to whom we belong. That... That what is yours, not because of something that you've done, but something that was purchased for you and granted to you. Secondly, your future is certain. And although you are not there yet, you are promised a day when every tear will be wiped from your eye and there will be no more chaos. You and I can know peace through the blood of Jesus. And it's important that as we observe communion... We remember appropriately what he has done for us.
4: Thanks, Brian, for those truths. Well, this time we're going to prepare for communion. Um, And while we may be scattered uh, in our own homes, uh, we are with each other in spirit. And so if you are a believer in Christ, go ahead and grab the bread or the substance and the juice and begin distributing among those around you. And if you don't have that, you didn't know we were doing communion, go ahead and push pause. It's okay. None of us will know uh, and go and grab the elements and then resume. On Jesus's final night with his disciples, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. On that same night, we see that Jesus took the cup. He said, this cup represents a new covenant in my blood poured out for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Well, church, we have a great Savior who's due our worship. Let's go and worship him.
8: Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like Was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. It was grace that was.
1: You'll lead us home, riding on the cloud.
8: 10,000 years by shining Thank you uh, for giving us life, uh, for giving us hope, and for ultimately for giving us your son uh, for his death on a cross, for us, for our sins. And so we just, we remember you. We especially remember your sacrifice. God, you are worthy. You're worthy to be praised. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: So two things before we close. First of all, we're going to continue offering our digital worship services online, but we are gathering together for in-person worship services at all three campuses next Sunday, July 12th. Check out our website for information throughout the week at graceky.org.